This is the place to go for anime, manga, comics, video games, all pop culture information. This is the place that you need to be. This program is brought to you by Blacken Studios Entertainment Division. Remember, it's Blacken. This is Diana Duwop, and you are listening to the Elijah Bailey Podcast. Thanks for downloading the Elijah Bailey Show from iTunes or BlackStudios.com. And here's a word from some of the folks that make it possible for you to hear this show for free every Thursday. Hey everybody, Elijah 5000 here. The Buckety and myself, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. But we wanted to make sure that you know where to go to get amazing original pop culture t-shirts. Go to our sponsors at riftapparel.com and at checkout, use promo code Elijah Bailey Show to save 10% on whatever your purchase is. It could be clothing, it could be backpacks, it could be posters, it could be a figurine that they have. Whatever it is, you get the lowest price. So again, promo code Elijah Bailey Show at checkout and save 10%. goodness we are back I was trying we to turn here. your phone down but you got one of those retarded phones it's an iphone yes that's what i mean i don't think it is um you know i don't know like politically correct to call my phone retarded oh i'm sorry I'm it sorry. does what it you're, can you're, you're, you're right the it speed is. it's, it's really processing not. it's really it's, not. Uh, what it is but you guys hear that nasty music this is episode one, oh did i did the three two one but i kind of laid off us let's do it again <clears throat> me 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 three two one it is now time for Oklahoma's favorite podcast from God's Own Wood. I'm Elijah 5000. <laughs> I'm the underscore bucket. And we're here with the 195th episode of the Elijah Bailey Show. This is the Joker Review, One Bad Day Away, which I feel like... All it takes. I'm living, I'm living on the edge. I'm living uh, right there. I'm one bad day away from putting on some makeup hmm. and uh, just smiling all the time. Put a smile on that face. You know what? If, I think if you were to put on some makeup and smile all day like that, you know who you remind me of? Who? Chris Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> he is. The, oh, and there's. Is that, is that his laugh? That, yeah. See, he already has a yeah, laugh for like, it. He already uh, has nervous, a laugh for laugh. it. Sorry. And you know what? We. He wasn't even supposed to be on the show. He just showed up here in our ears. <laughs> yeah, and he's in our ears only. That's. that's it's it's yeah. like a little conscience thing. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Just do it. Just. Beat him up and smile. Yes. I was like, oh, okay. And put on purple. Yes. Wear a purple suit or orange suit. And put on lipstick. That's right. I like that. I like that. Dance on some stairs, and then when the cops come. Dance, baby. Dance. Run. Run. Make sure you're running. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Chris is here from what podcast? Um, uh, let me pull up all his good jazz that noodle, I wrote down. Noodles and Noggins. The Noodles and Noggins. He, he, like the, the, <laughs> the Noodle Noggin podcast replaces Chef Boyardee's ravioli. All right, here we, okay, here we go. All right, so today we are joined with Chris Carroll from Oklahoma Humanity's Brain Box podcast. Uses humanities to discuss issues affecting American society and culture. Bam. Joins some of Oklahoma's most interesting and knowledgeable humanity, humanities, humanitarians, scholars, along with the Brain Box host, and Oklahoma Humanities Program Officer Chris Carroll to yes. explore how history, literature, ethics, philosophy, and other humanities fields inform 
our understanding of kind. Dude, this is too long, Chris. This Dude, is too long. Nah, you set me up. Long, you set me up. But you encouraged me to cut. Set as me as up. But don't, set me up. Don't you produce a show? You should know that it's in your ear. Yeah, you, you ask him. I just got done like low key cussing him out, but I cussed myself out too because I think recently I just realized. I think he, this past summer he was asking me. He's like, "Hey man, I really think I should cut my intro down." I was like, "Ah, you're tripping. You know, you're good." <laughs> and then one day I was editing it, or editing it. Um, I was like, dude, this is like, why is he still talking? It's, it's like a minute. We're, it's legit. No, like whenever the song, yeah. whenever the song stops, dude. Okay, that's I'm not, that's when the no, intro. No right. shit. When the music stops and he keeps talking, you're like, damn, that's a real motherfucker right there. Like, I need to listen to this show. <laughs> but you can check out this at OklahomaHumanities.org forward slash Brain Box. Chris, how you doing, man? Great, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, yeah. thank you. Uh, he thought Chris, he was coming on the Game of Thrones episode. Which he did. He chimed in on the Game of Thrones. Was it the Game of, it was the Game uh-huh. of Thrones finale episode? Uh, we caught him off guard. I think he was uh, eating uh, something. Chicken wings at the Chicken strip wings. club. Yes, I think, I think that's it was. what it was. Yeah. Chicken wings at the strip club. Yeah, was, he made that's at my mother-in-law's house. Actually, close, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we we kind of threw him out. I think I was texting him during our show. Like, hey, dude. You you want to talk about Game of Thrones? Uh, sure. We're live on Elijah Bailey show. I'm about to call you. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you expect from old Buck right here. Like, uh, he's like, what you doing? Uh, I don't. I'm in the bath. Hey, I need you. I need to call you real quick. I'm on. I'm live. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> right, in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. But um, thank you for being here, Chris. <laughs> See, that's like, hey, are you there, Bob? Yeah, I'm here. I'm live on the on, on the the streets of Northwest Expressway. People are rioting in the streets because there's construction, <laughs> which is why the show is late today. But so is that your son of a bitch of the week? No, no. I got one. I just okay. want to hit on it Wait real quickly. Let's, let's get the the music real quick. Okay. Or not even. It's not even the music. It's uh, Captain Lance. Well, somebody better give him a call and place that son of a bitch under arrest. Who's the son of a bitch of the week? Man, my armpit. Okay, I was I was like. Excited, and now I'm like, "What's wrong with your armpit, dude?" So you're 35 years old. Uh-huh. The arms are falling off. It's it's okay. So for the first time, I completely shave my armpit. How'd it feel? Uh, wait, wait a second. Let me see it. Wait a second. Let me put you on. Like my wife said, you know what? To help, you can shave your arm. I was like, man, to help with what though? Like funk. Because I, oh, I work. Because okay. I work out hard, and then at work I work hard, and like most of the time I'm like, well, if people are offended. They must not fucking work out because you stink when you work out. My wife's like, no, just just shave it. And I've been doing that for like probably a year now. Are you shaved completely? Oh yeah, I go bare bare ass bottom armpit, dude. <laughs> and it save. So tell me about your bare okay. armpit. The Chris already why, knows about this. Yeah, but. yeah, 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 yeah. Chris, or, <laughs> the reason why I went bare arm is uh, for some reason I've been I've switched deodorants, which mm. we all know that's that could be a bad thing. You got the clumps. Yes. So I got like six ingrown hairs. Ooh. Yes, painful. Ooh. I got them pulled out, which was even more painful, and then they started going away. I restarted using my deodorant, or I switched back to my original deodorant. Boom, Ingros came back, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to get them pulled out because that was just that was just too much. Yeah, it's too much. Um, the other day, it really felt like it, one was infected. It felt like it was like shingles. Like it felt like it was inside my ah. arm and shit. Yeah, that's bad. So um, I was like, you know what? I'm about to shave it. Then I'm about to stuff salt all into my oh. armpit, which hurt even more. Let it sit for Ooh. about seven minutes, yeah. rinse it all out, and then put some like bump control alcohol and just slap it in there. And yeah. that was even that was probably the most painful experience. But the only thing about the shaving I that we were friends, <laughs> so I would say some shit about you right now, like painful. Okay, yeah, it, it was painful. I ain't gonna lie. It was it was. 
Maybe because it's just the armpit area. I'm not. I'm not used to stuff. And you don't, yeah. I'm not used to stuff going on down there. You're not doing your training. I every day I hang from my pull up bar. Like beat my armpits and have my wife punch him. She does. Yeah. Huh. You got to get strong armpits, dude. <laughs> Maybe I need to, but I mean, you could. It looks like it's healing. Yeah. But you can see where the it's bullshit. bare though. <laughs> it yeah. is bare. And it's a- for me, the issue with dealing with the bare armpits, it feels like. I have a sandwich underneath my arms. You got too much uh, armpit flab, dude. You got to tone it up. Yeah. yeah is that what it, it is? What I did is I put a headband on, turned on some Jane Fonda. Uh-huh. And then I was just, like, flapping my wings like this, like fucking uh, angels in the outfield. Like, okay. you got to believe. And that'll work. And tone, won't it, Chris, will that not work up your armpit flab? <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Okay. He, okay. he doesn't want to admit that he does it, but it, it works. Yeah, I, I can tell. He had confidence when he was saying, yeah. I believe I believe it. Um that's so, crazy. But, yeah. So, yeah. okay. This so. one is still hairy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to shave, but it was just too much. I got, I got to trim it down before I can shave. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You're like presidential on one side, and like you're like I'm a like nominee. the 70s and 80s on the other side. Yeah. Like, I'm a nominee. I'm not president yet. When I get to the White House, I'll go ahead and shave. Uh, but. One more quick shout out, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, son of a bitch. This is the last one. This is okay. the last one. Well, go ahead and do your son of a bitch. My son of a bitch is uh, anybody in upper level management. Mm. Because. You get that little promotion, and you feel like goddamn like evil Superman, mm. and just try to no, treat people like that. shit. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm very, I don't seem like it, but I'm a lot more chill than I used to be, as far as disrespect and shit like that. But I was like, dude, if you have it, you need to go see Joker because you could be pushing one of your employees to the edge. Because there was uh, we talked about this a while ago that shooting where the guy got fired at Walmart and went back and only shot like the store manager and his a manager for the way they treated him, the way they fired him, mm-hmm. because uh, he apparently ha- carries a knife with him because they're in, it's in a rough area. And somebody saw it. He's like, oh, what's that? He's like, oh, it's my knife, my bad. And so mm, they- That's some joker shit. They told on him about his knife. So the later that day or the next day, they pulled him in the office and, and just fired him without asking questions. And it was a bad relationship. So he, you know, he's like, the lie the, Basically, the knife was the least of their problems. But I'm like, dude, you guys got to be respectful of anybody. So just, like, don't let the power go to your head because there's a – I mean, in the South, there's a lot of country motherfuckers here. And you don't want to get a country ass whooping because those are the worst ones. Mm. I feel like, yeah, that would be the worst thing out there. Chris, do you have a son of a bitch? I'm good this week. I'm actually okay. I'm not to pass on He's that. Like, uh, He's no. like, I'm actually for. I'm just. The week was decent. Because this week was decent. I'm, Chris doesn't want to say I'm, it, but his son of a bitch was trick or treaters. Like ringing on my damn door, asking for candy. Get a job. Well, teenagers oh. wearing like a basketball jersey, and that's the extent of their costume. Yeah, I I, I can go with that. <laughs> that was pretty yeah. lazy. Yeah, that's pretty lazy. lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but today's episode, we are talking. It's our comic book episode. <laughs> Uh, yeah. This is the first episode. This is the first uh, episode, episode of the month, month of November. Yeah. So we also got brand new anime of the month and also manga of the month for you guys. Elijah, mm-hmm. uh, you want to kick us off with our first uh, bit of news? Bit of news, straight out of comics. I said what's happening around the net, but it's straight out of comics. Yeah. Usually we talk about what. I was like, there's a lot of stuff. porn around the net. I mean, but porn is like a mainstay now, especially for VR. Did you hear that? V- virtual reality headsets and stuff. Like Sony is losing this battle to Pornhub. They have copyright and license all this shit, and they're making all the money. I was like, that I'm is not a fan of VR porn. That's just crazy, though. It was weird. I, I mean, it's, you it's, can't touch anybody. Yeah, you can't, and it's too. You're like. 
too immersed. There's too much to stuff not to that touch. disassociates. No, that's what it is. Too immersed not to be able to touch. Touch. The f- yeah. It's Re- just... What's that? Reach out and touch someone? Wasn't that the slogan? Yeah, there was a slogan. That should be the slogan for VR porn. Yeah. But uh, we have some news. Um, Benioff and Weiss. 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 Why say Weiss, David, whatever his name is. I call them Game of Thrones bros. The Davids, the Game of Thrones bros, sit on the throne of lies. They had an article that came out. (laughs) And basically, over this interview that they had, they were talking about um, how they got to do the Game of Thrones. And and this has caused such a buzz around the internet because most people that have produced thousands of hours of TV or they're writers and they're aspiring – they don't get those kind of jobs, especially with places like HBO, because they say you don't have experience, you know, with a television show actually directing and all this. And they're like, well, I've produced and I've written for this, but it's not enough. For these two, they got to go in and just experiment. They did a pilot that sucked. So HBO came back to them and said, we're giving you more money. Do another pilot. Everything was kind of uh, on the fly, learning on the job. Yeah. And not only is it hard for just writers to do that, but also women writers and minority writers. They don't get those same opportunities. So I feel like that. I like the hoodie, by the way. Thank you. It's uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we had we talked about the brain box AR fifteen uh, in the four hundred five. Adam and Richard. Yeah, I mean, you kind of fucked up the news, but that's I okay. <laughs> uh, check out their podcast. It's delicious. Yes. I think that's a great way to segue in that. But uh, yeah, it's just like it's crazy that. Nobody else gets the same opportunities as them, and they weren't very humble about it. They were kind of flaunting it around, and I thought it was kind of funny because the day after, they were signed up for a Star Wars trilogy, and that's no longer happening. And I feel mm-hmm. like those two things are tied together. Chris, what's your input? Well, as a mediocre white guy myself, I want to support guys like uh, Benioff and Weiss getting mm. multiple mediocre white guys getting multiple second chances. But uh, mm. no, but seriously, I, I would love to see, and I hope it comes out someday. The uh, original Game of Thrones pilot that was so bad that HBO made them recast it and reshoot like 99% of it. But uh, yeah, Mm. absolutely. And I mean, those guys floated for years on just taking it easy and never having minorities or women in the writer's room with them. And yet they get second chance after second chance. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not, not a fan of the two Davids. Mm. Ooh. He said, down with the double Ds. Down with the double Ds. <laughs> We're done. But, yeah, it's, it's crazy because I was like, you did have this chance with Lucasfilms. And, and that kind of – I honestly feel like Lucasfilms was just like they realized like eh, – After Solo? Are you guys maybe. suck <laughs> at this? Yeah. That, yeah. I, 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 I really think that's, that's what Disney and, and, you know, I guess I'll put it more in a Lucasfilm. But I really think that's what happened. I think they was like, dude, you guys – Game of Thrones broke records. It was a mm. phenomenal – um, if you guys can redo the the trilogy, the next trilogy, I think this would be marvelous. They probably came up with some bull. Uh, they looked at this like, so what's what's this about? Yeah. Oh, oh have you read any? Of- no, we're not. Yeah. No, we're not gonna do like. Well, you know, we don't and really plus, like source material, so we're just be, gonna make it up. And to be all real with you, you know, they got a crap ton of money. Yeah, that, so that is true. I know that that probably wasn't like a huge like. It probably sucked. Yeah, but, but I'm pretty sure they like, probably wasn't really be, because tripping, tripping. one of the things that they said is like, oh, you know, we have another project. Kevin Feige is leading fucking Marvel, and he has a trilogy with Star Wars, and he has other projects that are coming out. So yeah, but if, if he got a better heart and just more yeah. passionate about it, then cool. Who, no one said these dudes were passionate about that is true creating movies you or even what? creating Star Wars. You know what, yeah. Buck? That 
One zero right there. Oh. That's a good fucking point, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I had the pictures. I forgot to put it up. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, let's go to the next one. Sony sets Into the Spider-Verse sequel for 2022. I love the first one. Chris, did you see uh, Into the Spider-Verse? Love the first one. So great. Yeah, I'm excited about the sequel. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see more of Miles Morales. I mm-hmm. want to see the aftermath and him coming into his own as Spider-Man. And that was such... As a parent, to see that connection between him and his dad, to like yeah. you know him trying to live up to something that he doesn't even know what those expectations are, but he's seeing all these better versions of himself. Then the connection between the Spider-Man, like Spider-Man, is a moral hinge in the comics universe because they always do the right thing despite the trauma and stuff that's going on in their life. The uh, slubby older Peter Parker that's wearing jogging pants. He was in love with MJ, and then they split in his world, so he wanted to make it right. Uh, Gwen couldn't save Peter Parker in her world. He died. Um, yeah, Spider-Ham. There's all these different things that Thought came together. I thought you were going to tell the Spider-Ham story. But Spider-Ham, okay. dude. The ham sandwich, dude. It's, it, it, it's, it's a problem that we need to talk about. It's hard for yeah. me to create a good ham sandwich, and that's what happened. He got pissed off and turned into a pig. Hmm. It was crazy. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for it. 2022 seems like a long way. But we've got so much stuff coming out between now and then. Um, I can I can wait. Yeah. So, uh, and then I want to throw this into uh, Zoe Kravitz coming in as Catwoman, Robert Pattinson as Batman. Mm-hmm. We talked about Paul as uh, the Riddler, and there was um, they still haven't they still haven't cast a Penguin yet, have they? No, they haven't cast a Penguin yet. Um, who else did they say was going to be in there? Catwoman, Penguin. Uh, the Riddler, Two-Face. there's no Joker. I think Two Face, yeah. and then there was there was like Bang. a couple other ones. Bang, because Batista is playing. Bang. Oh, oh yeah, ba- Dave Batista, which is, I love the fact that he's getting more roles that'll. Sh- I mean, they're still superhero, but it's going to show a different range for him because Bane in the comics is super intelligent. He could be. He's like the Riddler with muscles, I didn't and know then that. he's I also an idiot. Mm-mm. Bane was the one. I drink my coconut water. If. Uh, Every stereotype about black people going to jail and like reading books, that's Bane. He was oh. born in jail and he read books and just worked out to peak physical ability. And he's like, why hasn't anybody taken out Batman? So he orchestrates this night where all these um, Arkham inmates get out and they persistently, Batman's capture them and fighting them, but they wear them down. And then that's when Bane comes in at the very end, like, uh, uh, uh. I got gotcha. Breaks his back. I got gotcha, your bats. I broke the bats. Hmm. And uh, how'd he get his accent then? Uh, I mean, he's he his mom. Oh. He's, he's mixed. Okay. You know, he's that's a cool. Mixed guy. Um, is that all the news we got for today? Yes, sir. Because we got a big show Woo! in total for you. If you have not seen the Joker yet, then uh, we're sorry. Well, uh, today we're going over all the original origin stories of the Joker, correct? Yeah, we're going to hit a couple of the origins and mm-hmm. then kind of tell you about the character and how it's changed over the years. Uh, but, Chris, what is your um, knowledge and history with the Joker and Batman in comics? Um, not so much in the comics, more in the 60s TV show and the Ooh. movies since then. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to learning more about the comics background from you guys. I read a little bit of the show notes, and I'm uh, kind of fascinated by that. Look at the noggin on this guy. The okay. noggin. That's, that's branding right there. <laughs> yes. trademark to you. I'm, I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we do have, if you guys have ever watched, there's been so many different versions of the Joker. Again, Batman 66. We had our more um, Prince of Crime. He was very, mm. very campy, but that whole show was, and I love that Joker because it the clapping, the the laughing, the different kind of jokes. It was it, if you guys have not seen it, have not watched the movie. I think the '66 movie is still on Netflix, um, but they have the series that sell on Walmart. You can buy it at deepdiscounts.com, wherever you want. 
Go ahead and do it. Watch the series. Burt Ward, Adam West, phenomenal show. Uh, we also had Jack Nicholson uh, mm-hmm. for Batman. We also had uh, one that nobody ever lets go, Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Great Joker. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... And, and throughout this, we're not comparing any of these Jokers. Yes, keep that in mind. We're not trying to say which Joker is the best. Even though at the end, uh, I am curious just to see not who's the best, but where does this Joker sit? Ooh. With you, uh, we should this, do that this, for Patreon. We should have our own little. Because I also curious because you know a lot of people don't like Jared Leto's, uh, even though his was like a super small yeah. Joker. A lot of people don't like his Joker. Man, I, but I'm I, just curious to see where you guys will you know diverge. And, yeah, yeah, I think someone asked me this, and, and Britt asked me. That's what oh, okay. I was about to say if you don't remember, you don't care. But yeah. you got the name out. Uh, but we have uh, even Mark Hamill's Joker Boy, for the that, animated. I think that, that, that's my buddy. Mm. Real cheese sandwich. And you know what kind of throws me off? Going back and watching the animated series and hearing his laugh at the beginning was different because it was two Jokers. Mark Hamill came on after the Joker character was already presented. And so his laugh was more of like a deep ha 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 like that mm-hmm. instead of the laugh that we know now where yeah. it's like that's Mark Hamill's Joker. And then you have... You know, yes, Yoda. You have the the, the Luke, Mark Luke, Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's dive into this comic book history of the man of many origins, the man of many faces, the Joker. So we have uh, 1951 Detective Comics issue 168, the Red Hood Joker. So uh, this one is one that people kind of skip over. They're they're more known where Joker's wearing the purple outfit. He has the white skin, the lipstick, and the hair. But this is where. It comes from, and you'll yeah. see it roll around in more continuity. So uh, the playing card fac- uh, factory is where the Joker ran to. He's a part of the Red Hood gang, and he was doing a, you know just a basic caper. And we find out later on in this issue, because this was a cold case. Not even a cold case. It's a case that Batman didn't get to solve. He didn't know what was going on. Uh, but during this case, he fought the Red Hood. They're in this playing card factory. There's chemicals. He falls over the edge and falls into a vat of chemicals, and Batman thinks he's dead. Well, later on, we find out that he made his way out. He comes to a, like a, his house, a mirror, and finds out that all of his appearances change, and then he starts his life of crime. But he was a lab tech that had an affinity for crime. He wasn't making enough money. And the, the main thing that causes the Joker to be the Joker that you'll see in all this is Gotham. Gotham is a, breeding, yeah, a breeding ground for crime. I would hate for, to live in Gotham, dude. Like, it, I, yeah. like They got some crazy villains. Dude, don't like, go to Chicago. That's man. Gotham. Gotham's like Chicago, right? <laughs> uh, but it was cool because, well, we'll talk about this uh, later. So we're still on the uh, Detective Comics issue 168. So he dives in, and this illustrious Red Hood that is now synonymous with um, the Robin that's turned into the Red Hood, kind of that kind of sweeps that away. Mm. But he had this big, tall, uh, what was the conehead type? It's almost like picture Mister Freeze, yeah. But instead of a see-through, it's mm-hmm. just solid red, and, and just he like rocked a, a little red cape and a little tuxedo. Yeah, and you always know, like the the Joker's always been fly. He's got swag for days. Oh, he always wow. wears a suit. Um, but that was the very first version of the Joker. He fought Batman, fell into the vat. Batman tried to solve this case. He didn't know who it was, and that was the origin of the Joker. Then we go to one of the most infamous Jokers, um, Alan Moore's The Killing Joke, and that explains more about the character because it's Jack Napier. Because even in the Detective Comics, we don't know who the Joker is. Batman just finds out that he is a lab tech, but he doesn't know what his name is, and it's never divulged to us. Mm -hmm. Jack Napier is a... A guy that is a failed comedian 
whose wife is pregnant. He's trying to make money, and he talks to some thugs. They talk him into um, putting on a red hood for him, and then he goes out. Well, when he does, Batman catches him because he's the illustrious leader, beats his ass, falls into a vat, and becomes the Joker. Now, Almost the same thing. He went home and mm-hmm. you know, saw how distraught his face was and yeah. his skin was and his hair and, and start that life of crime. And didn't his wife to his wife and Well, this is the deal. They changed it because he kind of basically leaves. That's that's the whole deal. She didn't die because there's a re like a rebrand in two thousand and four where it's the same exact deal, but he tells his wife that they ask him to be the Red Hood and he tries to back out of it, but they say if you do, we'll kill your wife. He goes to the chemical plant again, he fights Batman, falls in the vat. Well they he's gone. They blame him for the failed um, robbery. Uh, robbery. And so when he's trying to make his way home, they get a dirty cop because Gotham is known for all their dirty cops to plant a bomb, blows up, kills him or his wife and the child, the unborn child. And then that is where. Is so only there a, could be a possible story out there where Joker still has a, co- a child. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it, that's the, the killing joke is where the line came from. I'm only one. It only takes one bad day to turn the nor- the most sane man insane. And so losing his wife, losing the child, losing his life, and having this scar, which is the chemicals in his hair and stuff, he turns into a, a, the Joker and turns to a life of crime because he has nothing else to lose. Hey, Chris, let me ask you this. One of those two origin stories you just heard, have you heard any – have you knew of any one of those stories? Yeah, I was a little bit familiar with it. What, what year did the Alan Moore Killing Joke one come out? Uh, I don't want to – I think <sighs> – I'm not. I'm not sure on the. That's the uh, Josh Unruh. I'm not sure on the year for that one, because I said okay. 2000, the, like 2004 was the, the revamp version, so it might have come out 2004 as well. Then it came out with the animated okay. film in 2016. Yep, the animated film is 2016. So I think it was 2004 for both of them, and it was just kind of updated. Like he needs more of a tragedy. He needs something that drives him to insane besides just falling. Into 1988. The okay, that's when the graphic novel. Wow, okay. Yeah, when the graphic novel came you. out. Look at this. The brain on this guy right here. Hmm. <laughs> and then 1951 was the man behind the red hood. Mm, yep, yep. Detective Comics. Uh, next, this one is one of my favorite origins of Joker because they never really explain where his intelligence comes from. He's got, like, psycho intelligence and all these different kind of um, mental issues or diseases that should be counterintuitive to each other, but they create and combine to make his intelligence off the charts as well as because um, it's like, where does he learn? If I just fall in a vat of chemicals, can I be a chemical master, like a scientist? It's like, no, he's he's intelligent. So in 2007, uh, Batman Confidential Volume 1, Issue Number 7 and 10, a, uh, there was a completely different take on the Joker. Now, he was a up-and-coming criminal. And what's happened, he was taking over criminal, criminal um, organizations, kind of like Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm. And, but he had become bored because it was so easy. He was so intelligent. All of his capers went off without a hitch. Well, the Batman had just come around. And so that was his greatest challenge. That gave him something. He was entertained by, can I beat Batman? Can I do this? The Batman started to follow him and started working with a crime lord uh, because the Joker was getting ready to move in his territory. And so uh, Batman starts to take him down. The Joker finds out who the crime lord is, but during the scuffle, he hits him with this bomb that has the, the chemicals in it. And what it does, it transforms him into the Joker, and he continues his life of crime as a Joker and no longer a crime boss. But again, this, this speaks to his intelligence, his skills of manipulation, his um, violent tendencies, and that is the Joker that we have today. So this one is more on track when we get to like uh, the White Knight, where... 
Joker turns back into Jack Napier, but for some reason his intelligence even as a sane person, is still off the charts, and it kind of pulls from this, because you see most of these comics pull different origins because they all tie together. And so this is, I'd say, by far one of my favorites. The Killing Joke is amazing. Yeah. Um, even uh, some of the scenes that they pulled for Joker, which we'll get into from uh, The Dark Knight Returns, I love that Joker, too, because he's kind of poised, and you can see that, like, you think I'm insane, I'm more sane than all of you because I'm just okay with who I am. Yeah. Uh, the next version of the Joker, 2010, uh, The Brave and the Bold. This one's cool. Volume 3, uh, issue 31. Uh, the Joker was suffering from a disease. So the Adam had to shrink down and go basically inside of his head. But while he was there, because comics, he can go into his memory. And so when he's in the memory, he sees like the Joker was a very violent child and was already you know he picked on by bullies but he would get back at him and it just showed all his violent tendencies. he was like oh okay that instant was kind of huh maybe that was just like an outburst and you see more and more and you find out that his parents were discussing how to handle him one night and he locked them in the house and burned the house on set the house on fire Damn. and then left and that was the start of the joker got to be more careful it got to you cannot be talking around them kids if we learn anything from damien or a uh, bright burn yeah you cannot <laughs> be talking about your kid in front of your kid and it is kind of cool too because you know you see him in the old the old school uh capri uh, overalls, you know, looking oh, like yeah, he, yeah, yeah, out yeah. in the farm, like he's a uh, Amish a little bit. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, oh, in 2013, Batman Volume Two, issue number 23 and 24. This one kind of revisits the Red Hood story. So we find a similar background. Uh, Trouble Joker. He is raised by an abusive aunt, Eunice, and uh, once again bullied by classmates. And as a, these instances, plus the death of the Waynes culminated to make him the Red Hood. He became the leader of the Red Hood gang, and he told them the death of the Waynes is what gave him the inspiration to be this character and start this life mm, of crime. Interesting. And he starts fighting Batman, and instead of Batman knocking him over, he voluntarily falls into the vat knowing that he's going to survive. Like, fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live anyway. But he won't think I will. He stays underneath, comes back. He's transformed and changed, and he goes back to his life of crime. Hmm. And there's also uh, one other story where the concept of the Red Hood is Bruce. It's right after Bruce has come back from his training. He doesn't want to be a part of the company, and he's just now becoming Batman. I think it's year one, and his uncle is taking over Wayne Enterprise. He's like, no, you're back, Bruce. We have to let the people know. He's like, I've got my own stuff to do. Don't let them know. Kind of corners him, does like this press conference. And so uh, at the press conference, the Red Hood gang comes. They try to take Bruce Wayne hostage, and they think they kill him. But they don't because they set off a bomb. And uh, you find out the Red Hood was his uncle. But then when you try to find the body, after all these different things happen, like the fight up the in Joker the building. The Joker may have been his, his uncle? Uh, the Red Hood was. Okay. But whoever picks it up next time. like it, I see. Yeah, kind of like, like Jerome. It's almost like fate. Gotham. Dr. Fate. Yeah. Just like that. Whoever puts the hood on has the power. Oh, you have the juice now. You got the juice. And uh, my the one that I love the most is 2019 where we find out that Chris – was really the red hood all the time. Bingo. <laughs> I almost thought that on our last trip to Stillwater. <laughs> Chris, are you are you acting devilish over here? Causing mayhem and havoc? 
and all the land. We need to do a whole. We need to do a whole podcast series about our trip to Stillwater. That was uh, yeah. there was a lot that went down there. Okay, we can do that. Too much. Too much. Ration. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. We right. survived though. We, we survived. survived in the end. A lot of basements, mm. purple lights. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> uh, arrowheads. Creepy stairway. Yeah, creepy stairway. References to Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Oh, we got was, some lotion, it was huh? Intense. Putting some lotion in some baskets. Pulp yeah. Fiction-ish. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> the ball gag. Yeah, oh, yes, that's, that's rough. Yes. yes. And y'all held hands through it all, huh? And Chris had my bag. Okay. Yeah, okay, I Chris like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I sure didn't have his. Some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he said some bullshit. I was like, ooh. Uh, Blind crew. Up to Chris, man. He did to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's cold. He but, had us up in here and some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, any, anyways, any of the the second half of the comic book origins? Did you know about those at all, Chris? Had you heard anything about those? Uh, no, I really hadn't. Um, there is one aspect. If we uh, can, we talk about the movie at this point. Because there's an aspect that you touched slow, on slow that I'm really down, curious about. Slow well, down. Okay. We're almost there, Chris. We're almost there. Okay. Uh, uh, your britches. And, and you know, since, since he jumped the gun, let's take a quick pause for the cause. And when we come back, then we'll dive into Todd Phillips and I got a Joaquin Phoenix's mm, yeah, hit him Joker. Right. You got to hit him with the respect. Joaquin. Yes. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Jamie Lindbergh, host of Upbeat Urbanism, a podcast where we seek to have an open dialogue about what it takes to create healthy, intentional, sustainable communities, one conversation at a time. Each episode is an interview with a city planner, leader, developer, real estate professional, or community builder. To listen, search for Upbeat Urbanism wherever you find podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at UUrbanism and on Facebook at Upbeat Urbanism. Devote yourself to your community around you and devote yourself to creating something that gives you purpose and meaning. Until then, keep it upbeat. Hey, everybody. This is Reverend Shaw. I'm Delisa. And I'm like father. Like daughter. And we just going to hang out with you. We just going to kind of talk about father-daughter relationships, the good, the bad, the ugly, when we like each other, when we don't like each other, and I hope Delisa don't clam up on me. Because that could be possible. <laughs> we just want you to check us out, man. I promise you, you won't be disappointed, you won't be let down, and we'll leave you with something that you can chew on and make your life that much better. Find Like Father, Like Daughter on Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, Spotify, or blackofstudios.com. New shows drop every Saturday. Patty's Pies by Pat, Patty LaBelle got a copyright on motherfucking pies, dude. Oh, this, this, is, this is serious? Is this dude. real news? Oh, I mean, like, you know Patty's Pies are out there. I just, like, feel like my grandma should have been, like, throwing pies, like, slinging <laughs> pies like Patty. Everybody asking for sweet potato pies every Thanksgiving. And Chris, Chris might want a, a sweet potato pie or some pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Think- my, well, my <laughs> wife likes pumpkin pies. Like, he oh. might be. I don't know, Chris. Do you prefer a sweet potato or a pumpkin pie? Pumpkin all day. Oh, there mm. you go. I'm not down with sweet potatoes. No, that makes oh. sense. Oh, 
Wow, man, he get, uh, he got a bag of sweet potatoes in the house. He be punching a pop, pop, pop. No yams, no yams, no, no yams. yams. He must not have good ones. Oh yeah, I gotta get you some. I'm of part them. of a group called Yam Patrol. Mm, I so say serious the yams. Yam, yam Patrol, yeah. yam gam squad. Okay, so we're not gonna hold you guys any further. So Chris wants to talk about Joker. So Joker centers around the iconic arch nemesis and is an original standalone. Now, that's the most important part, an original standalone uh, fictional story not seen before on the big screen. Uh, Todd Phillips explores Arthur Fleck, who is uh, portrayed by Joaquin Phoenix, and is a man that's... I, I, Joaquin's going to be like, you don't fucking say my name right? I'm pre- no, I think he'll just be cool with that. He'll be like, why are you making fun of me? I is think that, he's, Is that I, funny? Mm, damn. Yeah, he might say that. He he is kind of chill. But he's a man struggling to find his way in Gotham's uh, fractured society. A clown for hire by day, he aspires to be a stand-up comic at night, but finds the joke always seems to be on him. Caught in a uh, clinically... Cynical? Yeah. You read the rest of it. I'm, like, fucking tripping Connie, right now. Con- yeah, it's, it's you reading like me. I uh, know. Like, dude, I looked at the word, and, I, and it... Have you ever looked at something that rearranges, like on Sesame Street? Like, what letter is this? Like, I, I don't fucking know. I'm done today. Dude, work kicked my ass. Uh, Arthur makes one bad decision that brings about a chain reaction of escalating <laughs> events in this gritty character study. This show is brought to you by the letter Where did read. you get the synopsis from? Uh, fucking, like, I don't know. Somewhere yeah, online. I think they like, were a bunch of Anyways, so we've yeah. all seen Joker. Yeah, we have. Uh, and I think, um, like what you said, Elijah, the, the main thing I want to hit on first is just this is a standalone, standalone. Uh, fictional character. I think a lot of people blur that line. Yeah. Yeah, I got to tell you a story about one of my cousins who have blurred this line and the conversation oh. I had with him. I, I, I don't, since he has. Uh, What's uh, the first letter? No, I can't. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you off air. But, um, That's what he always says. He's going to say it. He's going to drop it. Like, okay, fuck it. But no, uh, so let's just go around the room, I guess. Or Chris. I, yeah, Chris, what did you want to ask about the Joker? And FYI, for yeah. listeners, if you haven't seen the Joker movie, this is the part where you skip. Uh, just just skip to the last 10 minutes of the show. Yeah. And we'll be wrapping up what actually happened at the very you end know of what the they're Joker. Gonna say. They're going to be like, God damn it, they're still talking about still the Joker. Still talking about the Joker. Yeah, so just skip this episode. Check us back out at episode 196. Six. Yes. Yeah. Thank There's you no for reason to raise in. your brow, The Rock, hmm. Dwayne. So, anyway, Chris, Chris what, what is this thing that you have been dying to ask us? Well, yeah, there, there are uh, some things that came up when you were talking about the Joker mythology, the mm-hmm. established mythology in several of those other. Um, comic book versions of him and yeah. I thought one of the most powerful aspects of this Joker was like clearly he's suffering from mental illness that seems like yes. the, like a huge part of it, of what's going on with this Joker did you feel like it was too much uh, in the mental illness area like to the detriment of other parts of the Joker mythology or did that fit in well with how you feel like the Joker's been portrayed before and how you've liked it portrayed before Dude, I love like, these. I know. This, like, this is how your guests feel, Chris. You didn't. I want to be a guest. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let me be a scholar, dude. You can't see us, but we're smiling, dude. Yeah. Um, do you want to <laughs> take nipples this or... hard? You say what? I said, do you want to jump in, or you want me to? Uh, it's argue. up to you. Uh, uh, I, was... I can go first, and you want to yeah, argue yeah. with me. So uh, I felt like Joker's always been a mental ill patient. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's okay. why Arkham is like his home. Yeah. Um, I think that's right. why, you know, Arkham was always portrayed as a place where Joker was like 100% fine with being at. When everybody else kind of was panicking and freak out. Being at uh, Arkham, there's a few of them in Joker that he found that place his home. And I think because he, he is off, I think he's always, yeah. I think even, even in the, um, the killing joke one, you know, mm-hmm. I think he suffered from, you know, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in almost all his origins, even though we went through the day, I, I we would probably find some type of form of depression, um, bullying, 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 bullying. Yeah. Um, I mean, it never happened to you, so you can't even say it, but bullying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not even familiar with the concept, really. He's <laughs> like, like, is that a food or is like that a form of currency? I mean, workout yeah. technique. I, I knew it wasn't that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think so he's always had these, like, mental I- issues. And I think that this movie, the reason why I felt so much, because even Keith Ledger's Joker was, you, you cannot say that he's not, he's normal in the head. He yeah. was like, he said, that shit crazy. Yeah, because he makes that right. deal. He made a pencil like, disappear. Like, Ooh, magic. Ooh, magic. The, the very first heist when they went into the bank. And you'll notice, like, him and Joaquin are both wearing Joker masks. Yeah. And then they Surprise. evolve to the same. Yeah, and he's like, some of us are just strange. He tells them just, that's the reality. That's the mental state. It's just strange. It's, mm-hmm. it's different. Doesn't mean it's better or worse, but there are these different people, and that's what you get. Like, Batman's different. I'm different. Each one of these villains that he's faced are different. They are technically mm. strange, but they're the ones that are shaping and forming Gotham. Mm. And all you motherfuckers are sitting around the table that have the, you bitching about your money. He sets fire to them. He says, I don't give a fuck about money because and you're I'm referring to uh, Keith Ledger. Yeah, Dark Knight. Yeah, he's like, I have the. Is it Dark Knight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark Knight, uh, Dose. Yeah. Like, there's a whole, there's a whole yeah, trilogy. Yeah, whatever. But he's just telling them, like, I'm the one that's going to make the change. You oh, pay me. Sure. I'll take I'll take <laughs> I'll take out Batman. You you guys are too uh, you basic bitches is basically what he says. Yeah. And Joker's not basic. He never wants anything to be normal. That's where he loses interest. That's where he doesn't have fun. As far as the mental issues, like if you look at some of the other stories, there's some other hinted to origins. Like um, and this kind of, this plays into the the series. Like um, if you notice when he talks to his counselor the first time, they show that clip that he was already uh, incarcerated in Arkham for his mental. Um, issues and there's versions where the Joker was just a normal Arkham patient and got out and then you know the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne or other instances kind of shaped and formed him there's also this story where a patient tells his story about him breaking and him becoming the Joker and the actual Joker hears that and that's the persona I want that sounds fun and he takes on and he Uh. actually becomes a Joker just listening to this person's story Mm -hmm. and it kind of plays to this whole deal. I think the I don't think there was too much mental anguish as far as the the disability that he has or the crutch that we see that he has because the whole film in itself because of all the hints that Todd Phillips put in there could just be imagined by the Joker. It could just be him right. sitting in Arkham thinking about this and he we already have he's 10 years in to being the Dark Knight's enemy he's 10 years in he's like oh that was such a great time i need to have more more fun like that yeah. and now i've got that so and i think uh one more i want to hit on is um i think even with his uh one thing different about this order story compared to the other ones is that there was a let's say he wasn't imagining stuff let's mm. ride that ship um 
Well, we all know that there was a lot of things he was imagination, mm. or imaginating uh, inside yeah, I of this. You about that. Yeah, inside the he... Joker film. But Whew. let's say this was the actual Joker yeah. with his life, whatnot. Um, one thing different about this origin story compared to the other ones, outside for the killing joke, having that, I think he had an anxiety issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this one, he actually, that laughing issue mm-hmm. that he had, the uh, whatever disease it was where he just had to laugh. You know, because uh, the abuse, nervous. Yeah. yeah, the abuse changed his mental state. And there's a lot of people like they can't say specific words because there's another action that happens. And that's mm-hmm. where sometimes you see like different versions of Tourette's. You're, you're, there's a couple words you're trying to say and you hit yourself or you have a twitch and a lot of OCD stuff like that kind of hinges. Like it's a lesser state, but it kind of hinges on that as well. Yeah. I want to cry. All I can do is laugh. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, laugh. But all I, it's violent outbursts. I want to do this, and my brain just doesn't connect in that way. So the way that I see the world, the way that I shape myself in the world is a lot different. But I have to pretend to be normal, even though I know I'm struggling every day. And that's that's a lot of what people with depression go through and, and yeah. people with anxiety, people with other issues. So, What about you, Chris? So is, is that explanation of his laugh unique to this Joker movie? Is, is it not yes. portrayed that way in any other no, no, he and never had I love, like yeah, a, wow, I love that, yeah, like a Tourette's type laugh. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it as a nervous condition because I had like a little smile I used to do when I was little. When I used to be nervous, I used to mm-hmm. get in trouble. Like, buck, it's not funny, dude. I do that too. My mom would be like, <laughs> I'd be laughing. laughing. I'm just, I'm scared about this butt whooping. But I'm, I'm not even it. scared. It's like you right. look <laughs> like you're exerting a lot of force and you're angry. That's kind of funny. No, see, mine was funny. I was up. nervous. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Fuck, mm. fuck! I'm smiling. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> I'm like a fire force. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Shinra, yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you this too. There, there's one aspect of the origin stories you guys talked about that's not portrayed in this Joker movie. Mm-hmm. Well, let me run this by you. There's no vat of chemicals mm. in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Or that's true. is the portrayal of his messed up meds? Is that the quote-unquote vat of chemicals? That, that is good. That is something that, that I missed out on. But, yeah, because – That he, makes sense because yeah. he was he, – He's he like, what about my medications? Shit. And the medications yeah. did not make him better. He was consistently angry all the time. But I think they helped it yeah. to be a little bit more you know, sedated mm-hmm. than – because he, he could actually, to be. I feel like he. Like I like his, that. I didn't think about uh-uh, that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I think that was that's actually that's probably exactly why we heard so much about medication. And then I think mm-hmm. also Todd wanted to. I think there's so many things he wanted to make this Joker feel real. He wanted to make this Joker feel like they he could be fit. in this society in a creepy yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And I think doing the meds. I think dumping yourself in a vat of chemicals. Vat of chemicals Playing card. Yeah, no one, no, I think no one ever sees that anymore. But just mm-hmm. taking a lot of medicines that are prescribed to us on a daily, yeah. uh, whoops, oh, uh, wow. prescribed to us on a daily, uh, that 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 was a good one. That's I, like yeah. that's like doing like a, a movie and you're zooming in on this town and you see like the milkman walking around. We don't have milkman anymore. No, milkman we don't. Milkman get shot coming yeah. up. Milkman got milk. kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, kids milk. and get shot nowadays. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's that's a good point. That I think that nice. is nice. Chris, did you live in those days? Did y'all have Milkman? No, no, no. Sorry. I'm not that old. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, we didn't ask like one of your uh, your next podcast, the, the Watch Lady. We didn't ask her like, hey, 
When the, when the, I, when the first yeah. car was built, how did that go? The first TV? You remember that? Yeah, just dropping off milk. Was first. it subscription based? I'm sure it, should, yeah. I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was subscription based. No, it was an honor system. Yeah, honor system. What about, what about the first plane? Just leave your, yeah, leave your 50 cents on the front porch. Yeah, you don't, don't exchange you. it for, I don't know. Dude, I'd have been collecting. Uh, but anyways, but yeah. uh, no, I, I think that I think that's probably exactly what that was. I, I think that was a cool because we never we see him take his meds like one time essentially, and then you don't see it anymore. Well, he couldn't afford them anymore. Remember? Yeah, that the he program got shut down. Yeah. Plus, even before it got pro, got shut down, he was inquiring, "Hey, I think I need to up my meds." Mm-hmm. I feel like I really feel like this movie is trying to say something about how we treat people with mental illness in our society and oh, yeah. how like the lack of social services only makes the situation worse. I mean, yeah, I think I think you hit it right on the head because a lot of people, when they hear about us, it's brushed off like a lot of things that are of a lesser importance get over publicized and over dramatized in society. And then it's like, Oh, well, medic, well, they shouldn't be using medic. Everybody's got uh, an opinion. That's what it is. I tell people about fitness. I like fitness is my field. Uh, fighting is my field. Don't base your nutrition or your workouts or your defense of yourself on someone's opinion, base it off fact, what's work. And a lot of people just have the, Oh, well, you shouldn't take that. You should take a couple of these. You should just get some Xanax and take that. Just get some, it's like, there's there's other ways, and it's not just I prescribe some because the biggest deal that we're going through with the the medical field is like somebody that has all these secondary aging factors or secondary lifestyle choices, they could change their lifestyle with actual help and exercise. But doctors won't prescribe exercise; they prescribe medicine as the first yeah. thing. It's a, it's a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, a whole business. different rabbit hole we can go down on. Um, uh, I'm not going down on that one. Oh, those. okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, but, I'll be ready to jolly down that road. <laughs> but, um, can, I ask, can I ask you guys about another rabbit hole hey, topic, perhaps, related to this movie? Go okay. right ahead. Yeah. Why? How, how do you You're feel a part of the show, rape? Chris. You ain't got to ask. It. Just, just go. It's being polite. It's being polite. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm not used to that. I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so curious what you guys think about how race was portrayed in this movie. Why is his counselor black? The woman on the bus who is mad that he's messing with her kid is black. The mm-hmm. guy at the mental hospital is black. Mm-hmm. That can't be an accident that all of these and black then, uh, characters are his, black. His, and then his, his girlfriend, girlfriend, yeah, his the girlfriend girl. or the chick he wanted to be a part yeah, of was right. black. Exactly. Yeah. I think that was all, like, going back to, like, the themes, I think that was symbolism because he lives, at Gotham is either high society or poverty. And all yeah. he knows is the poverty. And so he's seeing people in those fields trying to get by. Like the guy, he's like, well, you know, I can't give these records out. If you bring your mom back, I'm just trying to do my job. His counselor's like, you know, she's not happy with their job. They cut our funding. And then she kind of reaches out and says, you know, this is, you know, what we live in. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he's here, like, this is the world. And, and somebody asked me something. I was like, this, I, this is not a, a black film. Because I, I said this is just a film that addresses all these issues. Because really, I I don't even know how we got started. I was like being being black like every day is like being Luigi, but you're set up in Halo and you're supposed to be Master Chief. There's no <laughs> fucking way because you have so How's much stuff. No, because I, I I don't like the argument like who has it worse, men, women, blah blah blah. Everybody has a heart, but there's certain things that when we go in, like people look at me a certain way, and then they'll address me a certain way. It's like Dude, I'm the same as anybody else. 
But on the other hand, I will fuck you up because I'm not the same as everybody. But treat me with respect. Yeah, and, and me, me and Chris had that. That's, that's a part of our Stillwater conversation. Yeah. Uh, but to get back to what you were saying, Chris, I think it was done on purpose. Mm-hmm. I think it was done to show um, black people in a normal position in life, uh, especially during that time. Because mm-hmm. it was like period. the 1980s. Because it was like 80s, 90s ish. It was well. I think they they uh, and is it New York or Chicago where they didn't pick up the trash? They were talking about that was- or a news article about. They're still on strike. The trash is just in the streets. And I was like, okay, Gotham is kind of based in one of our histories, somewhat of our history. So it's like in the 80s. I think late 70s New York, too, Uh is when, like, all the New York social services went away. There Mm -hmm. were garbage strikes. That, Uh, There were blackouts, you know. And and that's also, not to go down another rabbit hole, but that's also the setting of Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy that are two Scorsese movies that this movie is definitely commenting on. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think I think the whole black portrayal as the black people were the normal mm-hmm. thing going on. And then I think, you have I think, Thomas I think, Wayne, yeah, the, yeah, and the rest of them. Yeah, I Thomas think, got hardcore. He but said, before we get to Thomas, yeah, no, nah, I mean, yeah, like I said, I fucked you up. I was, he, I was he, like, did, he did, he did, but he got fucked is, up. Uh, he did. It's high. Is is Bruce, is Thomas Wayne such a dick in any other portrayal? Yes, he's of always the been. Story? He's always been. I mean, he's always been a more ruthless. Thomas. Dickweed. I'm when? just joking. I'm I was just about to say, like, when? Like, no, he's we call him like, Daddy Wayne. He's cool. They, well, he's, I mean, he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a snob. He, he is a part of the, okay. the higher. No, no he, they were high society, but, like, the Waynes throughout history always helped provide. Like, there's, if you read um, Zack Snyder and Greg Capullo, I always push this one, uh, The Court of Owls, it shows, oh, like, yeah. there are a group of elites that feel like Gotham should be run the way they want. So they wear owl masks, they hide in secret all over the city, even so much in secret that Batman has only heard myths, but he doesn't know about them. But the Waynes did not, they decided to part ways. So you see throughout history, every Wayne was kind of killed because they didn't go and like, well, maybe their children will, when they grow up, they'll be a part of the quarter owls. Nope, kill them. Maybe their children will. And they always tried to convert them to the side of Gotham that ruled from the underground, and it was very prosperous while everybody else um, kind of fell underneath all the shit that they left. But the Waynes always, like, uh, Martha Wayne started Arkham Asylum to help people. Thomas Wayne was putting his money into the city, putting it back to the people. Yeah. I honestly think the in. way that Tom was, or Thomas Wayne was actually portrayed in the movie was because of Joker's mental issue. Mm, I don't yeah. think. Oh. Yeah, I think when Thomas Wayne was giving his uh, press conference and he made the reference that, those people are cowards and clowns. Mm-hmm. I think that probably isn't really what <clears throat> he said. I don't think that's what he said. That's a good I point. think that okay. was purely off of his. Because one thing in this in this movie that they really focused on was that the Joker had a real victim mentality, and he mm-hmm. also suffered from like he he mimicked a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in that scene where they show the trailer where he's walking out of that room with his buddies or with his coworkers. And he's, he was mimicking them, and he did the yeah. weird laugh because they were laughing. And then he walked to his boss's mm. office. And he walked to his boss's office. And another thing that happened in this, I wonder if you guys his caught it. Dickweed. His boss was a He just bought his money. And um, <laughs> I think. Where's the fucking sign? I don't even think that whole scene actually legitly happened the way we saw it. Yeah. Because throughout the whole mm. movie, uh, even with the f- girlfriend, everybody who interacted with him was afraid of him naturally yeah even when right. like the two dudes his two old co-workers mm-hmm. came to that, that room with him to mm. come to his house are you? they was kind of tiptoeing 
around like, hey, man. Um, you know, we <clears> just <throat> wanted to ask, you know, the cops were pressuring me. Like, what would you say to him? And I, I was washing his hands. I was like, oh, he got some scissors right now. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a piece of me, I'm not 100% like sold on this theory. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm not even 100% sure that his homeboy hooked him up with that gun as a friend. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Dude, this, I, I think about, he. I, movie is juicy, folks. What about uh, okay? I don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead, but I, there's something that happens toward the end of the movie. Hey, spoil that it, I really dude. Want to we already gave a spoiler about. warning. Go yeah, for go it. Ahead. Since you're since you're mentioning that he's maybe not a reliable narrator. Yeah. What about what what about everything that happens after he gets in the refrigerator? Could that all just be like a hallucination of his as he's dying in the refrigerator? Yeah. That could be. I think because he takes everything out and, and I think the refrigerator part was more like baptism. And maybe uh, I'm just okay. going too far into like it. He's going into a cocoon and then he comes out of a cocoon as a different different yeah. being, sort of. Well, yeah. here, here's a deal too. Like when he watches uh, Robert De Niro's character and he sees him come on stage, like he starts to adapt that dancing and he's mimicking. Right. Yeah, he starts trying he to mimic him, and that kind of. That's when he starts feeling better about the choice he makes because he's doing these moves real slow, and it's like this this well of uh, emotion building up into him. And then when he hits that stance, he's like, because his confidence changed. He's like, I am me. I don't give a fuck what society says or all this. I'm me. Because you notice his laughter stops when he transforms, when he takes these small transformations oh, into mm-hmm. the Joker. And then one thing that we noticed at the very end, was like throughout the the whole film, you see his fake laughter, you see his affliction laughter, but at the very end where he's talking to his new uh, psychiatrist, who's also black, mm-hmm. he's like, she's like, what, what are you laughing about? Because he gives a genuine laugh. He's like, oh, it's a joke you wouldn't understand. And then you see like the <laughs> footsteps of blood and stuff. He's like, he right. knows, and he's been down this road before. And but it, I think it's different this time. Like oh, I yeah. said, I, I think in, in a creepy way, I think they also portrayed how, you know, Without medication, like you were saying earlier, there are ways you can get over your mm-hmm. anxiety issues. Yeah. Not killing, but there are ways you can get over your anxiety issues. And I think um, uh, I forgot what was going on with that. No, I mean, like he gets over it by this transformation. His dance on the show, his dance in the in the in the bathroom, mm-hmm. um, and then like when in he dressing room, living room. He also baptizes himself after he, sh- you know, the car crash at the end. They're taking him into jail. He takes his blood and makes his smile even bigger. And then that oh. is officially when he's like, I'm, I, I'm yeah, I think at that moment he's starting to see, like, this inner person that I've been trying to suppress. Somebody um, like me can influence the world for change. I think this is a positive change because Thomas Wayne and every, all the wealthy are holding us down. I didn't get a shot. People are just – because he's like, I think you're, you're a bad person. I think you're mean. Uh, I always want to say Maury because I, I watched the Maury show. But <laughs> was it Maury? I think his name was Murray. Oh, hey, shit. Chris, yeah, what? I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. Was it Murray? Yeah, I think it was because it, it made me think of Murray. And that, um, that scene was. So I want to hit on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'll let you I was know. just going to say that scene was, was iconic because in uh, The Dark Knight Returns, he kisses the uh, sex es- expert. Because have you read it? I need to bring the comics up here because I got Hush and all that stuff. I'll bring the graphic yeah. novel so you can read it. But he kisses her on the lips and sets down, and it's the whole Johnny – because the curtains look kind of like the Johnny Carson show and the way that he comes out, the way he presents himself, and the setup is all Johnny Carson. That happened in Dark Knight Returns. So. And then even on the um, Batman uh, Beyond, uh, yeah. when Joker comes back uh, – I don't know if you've seen this, Chris, and I'll quickly paint this picture for everybody. Um, the uh, t- uh, McGinnis – 
Timothy McGinnis? Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis yeah. uh, is the Batman the that becomes Batman. when Bruce Wayne gets too old as Batman Beyond. And there was an episode where Joker was released from uh, Arkham. Mm-hmm. And he went on a talk show. Yeah. And it was beautiful how they took that scene as well and put it, I felt in like, the, in yeah. Joker. Because in this scene, Joker's rehabilitated. He's a successful patient. Uh, he's with his psychiatrist. They're talking. They're interviewing him. He's drinking some coffee. Yeah. And then he completely – technically, he didn't lose it. It was part of his plan. Mm-hmm. But he breaks a coffee mug on the uh, on the coffee table and slits the right. um, throat of the talk show host. And that's kind of oh, – wow. Yeah, super yeah, – for a cartoon, it was like, damn. But <laughs> it's the future. So he's like, yeah. yeah it was the future. Um, this is like on WB. Yeah, it was. <laughs> UP and WB. That's sweet. But, uh, yeah, and just like when we're talking about this right here, uh, how he pretty much mimicked that whole scene mm-hmm. again just with a bullet and then turning around and shooting him some more. I want to save that conversation for just a second. Yeah. How do y'all feel ab- about the whole idea of maybe Joker being related to Bruce? Mm, yeah, I I don't how, how, like. Oh, let me let me rephrase it. How did it feel like when they started trying to drop it. that bombs? Yeah, I for me, I said if if Bruce finds out, then this makes their conflict even more. It's almost like when Batman gets doused with the Joker toxin, they're even closer because it's Joker's blood coursing through his body, mm-hmm. and he's becoming mm. he's getting a, a a chance to see inside of his mind and trying to fight that. That laughed. And, yeah, and yeah. and the uh, uh, the Batman who laughs that happens. The best, the happiest version of Batman. And this is spoilers for the comics. You have to go through some shit. You need to read the comics. Is he said? You know, uh, it's the Batman who laughs is a Batman who was riddled with the Joker toxin, and he's going to all these parallel universes and sending our Batman dead bodies of Bruce Wayne to tell him, like, you know, you can't beat me, you can't do this. You know the happiest version of you, Bruce, is right here in this moment. It is me. You are going to be, because that Batman has to take some, he gets some Joker toxin in him. That's the only way to beat the Joker. And he's like, this is the happiest version of you since your parents died, Bruce. You are only happy as me. We are the same. We are one side of the coin. So in that respective to the film, if they were brothers, then... Is his abuse totally, or is his um, mentality totally from the abuse, or is that something in the genetics of the Waynes? Because for Batman, a kid to have his parents killed and then immediately do something that's super insane, saying he's gonna he's gonna train, go to all these different schools, learn all these different languages to put on a costume to fight crime, that's almost the same as you know, I'm gonna put on this makeup and I'm gonna cause crime, I'm gonna cause chaos because the, this town is chaotic. So why don't I be the king of crime here? and shape it in my own image, have some fun with the life that I'm dealt. How'd you feel about it, Chris? Yeah, I feel, I love that part of it because I feel like it makes the conflict that much deeper when they're each kind of struggling against a part of themselves rather Mm -hmm. than something that's completely outside themselves. If they're like, if they're half brothers, then Mm -hmm. they have a deeper understanding of of each other and it makes the conflict that much more kind of deep. I I really love that. I love the the little hint, like when the kid, when when he's, sort of creeping out the kid at the playground, mm-hmm. young Bruce, and Bruce slides down a pole on the playground. That was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I, I immediately thought of Burt Ward and, and Adam West. I was like, oh, yeah, so he's going to install a pole in the back cave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, the other deal... But I like, think also to describe how neither one of them wanted to ever tr- truly kill a one, in, uh, yeah, one another until, like, you they, know... The they just joke. wanted a good life. And the Joker, and this is kind of plays on, like, the Joker as an inspiration like they did in Gotham or, like... I heard this story in Arkham that inspires me to be the Joker because Bruce's 
parents, spoiler, get killed because of someone in a Joker mask. They go down the alley because they see the Wayne, the Waynes leaving, and the whole deal is like, take down the Waynes. The, the top of the food chain is corrupt. They're not doing anything for the people. Again, trash is littering the streets. There's riots breaking out, and they fall them down there, and you know, shoot Thomas, shoot Martha, and grab her pearls off the neck. That was like, they didn't change that, that was origin for Bruce. Yeah, that was perfect how they threw that that yeah. scene in there. Yeah. Like when I saw Thomas and Martha and Bruce or the Waynes walking out of the movie theater, I was like, No, they ain't. Yeah. No, they ain't <laughs> yeah, going to do this. <laughs> no, they ain't. They in the alley. Oh shit. Oh, Ty, you a nasty one. Yes, they did. They did. <laughs> I did love how they threw uh, Zorro the gay blade in there because that's a, a comedy. It's a parody of Zorro. It's like his gay brother has to take up for him because he's injured. Fucking hilarious. But it, the real <laughs> film that they saw was, uh, the, was it The Mask of Zorro? The Mask of Zorro. And yeah. so and so Zorro the gay like blade. The, past, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. the Zorro the gay blade, I was like, that's classic. Yeah. That was deep cuts. I like that. But um, I, w- I was curious, like uh, other movie references in this movie. I was curious, if, are you guys familiar with the movie The King of Comedy, the Scorsese movie? I'm not. I, I just ha- heard about it. Yeah. So you, do you know the reference that was made to it uh-uh. in this Joker? Go right ahead. Well, the, the, in The King of Comedy, De Niro is a struggling comedian. Mm, that's right. And he's sort of stalking and he kidnaps a successful comedian, who's Jerry Lewis, mm-hmm. so, played by Jerry Lewis. So basically in this movie – in the, in the Joker, Robert De Niro is playing the Jerry Lewis character, and the and, and the Joaquin Joker. Phoenix is the old De Niro character. Oh, that's and cool. And it is also set like late seventies, early eighties, and mm-hmm. De Niro the De Niro's character is clearly struggling with mental illness, and it's a really clever and it's an awesome movie, by the way. It's totally worth checking out. I might one check of it out. These coolest movies. And I thought you were t- I thought the one that you were talking about because if you look in the far background, you can see Excalibur playing as well, which was oh. a part of another. <laughs> Batman uh, uh, version of how Bruce became Bruce. Uh, was it? Uh, Bruce became Batman. Yeah, Bruce became Batman. Uh, which film was it? I'm getting mixed up on films, but they had Excalibur as a title instead of Zorro. Uh, that played, oh. and then when you look in the back, you can see on the marquee it's up there too. See, There's dude, a lot I think of. That's, I think that's so. Cuts. I guess what I was describing to you and Josh when. Uh, oh yeah, you, when you guys were here. Like this movie, Todd. So many Easter eggs. So many Easter eggs. It's crazy, but yeah. also so much paying homage to, to the lore. Yeah, to, to Batman, Batman, and, and and you know, yeah. the, you said the Batman continuity, and um, you know, I just think they just did a fantastic they job did. at that. Yeah. And then, have you guys seen Joaquin's uh, interviews and everything like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Have you seen him, Chris? Yeah, and I appreciate that he's kind of defending uh, that you know the movie's not just glorifying violence, and I mm-hmm. mean it's, it's ridiculous that they even have to defend that. But um, yeah, so let me ask y'all yeah, this: I, Was it that way when y'all went to the theater? Was it weird? No. Was there no signs no. or nothing like that? No, everybody. Where did you go? No. I went to Tinseltown. Tinseltown. I went to Tinseltown. Chris, yeah. where'd you go? Warren. Yeah, I saw it in Bricktown. Bricktown? Oh, yeah, $80 yeah. a ticket. Yeah, you know, Chris. Dude, like, Chris, <laughs> did, did I tell you about when I went to and, and we and DeAndre went to go see it? How there was, like, signs everywhere? Saying you no. know, do not do not have a mask on, no backpacks. Oh, well, there no. was a bunch wow. of there was a bunch of police, and maybe police officers are always here, but it was a, no. it was a it was a uh, theater out in Tulsa that we just never went to. So Oof. that was our first oh, time wow. seeing all these police, like three police cars sitting outside, Mm-mm. three or four cops inside, and they weren't like harassed; they were just chilling. Yeah, but they're waiting to see. Because yeah, you could have been a so backpack many shootings in there. and shit that has been happening. Like people going in with trying to shoot and everything. They they did have one sign say no mask or cosplay. That's it. Dude, they had a crap ton of signs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so worried about what could happen 
for a film, but they're not worried about what could happen in regular life. True. So right, I'm right. going to bring this point up because at first okay. I was kind of like, hey, this is weird. Why are everybody tripping for it? So yeah. after I saw it, it made sense why certain theaters did not want to play this, uh, why they people had so much cautious around this movie. And I don't know if y'all have experienced this yet, and if y'all have, just chime in. Uh, but I was... The first sign I realized was that Deandra hates she doesn't she don't like villains. She do mm. I'm I'm more the the joke us saying Joker was her hooking me up with a favor because she don't like villains. <laughs> yeah. Um at the end of this movie, she enjoyed this movie. And that was my first sign mm. seeing like, hmm, they did an excellent job because What did she enjoy about it? She she just felt sorry for Joaquin. She felt sorry for the Joker. Mm. And for mm. someone who knows the Joker, like you feel sorry for one of the most craziest, yeah. worst villains. <laughs> top three. Top three easily, hands down, worst villains ever created by a human, like a fictional character. You feel so are sorry there for any, Are there any other portrayals of the Joker that are this sort of, where there are this many gray areas where you could possibly feel sorry? That's a hard that question for me because I've always been a fan of Joker. Um, yeah, it's kind of like when you look at Batman, like, oh, this is the creation of Batman. You don't really feel bad that his parents are like, this is the, the catalyst that is saving the city. Joker is the catalyst that is... If you Bringing can look chaos at, into the city. Joker is the mm. catalyst for superheroes, if you want to put it that yeah. way. The reason that we have people to protect is because you have people like this. And if you look at superheroes, like if the system was better, if we could have been here sooner, he wouldn't have to be that way is how you could spin it that way as well. So DeAndre was the sure. first sign of it for me. Mm-hmm. So I got back home, and I guess my mom told some people that I wanted to go see it, and for whatever reason. And <laughs> uh, Leon hits me up. Uh-huh. And Leon, me and Leon talked about it a little bit, and it seemed like me and Leon both enjoyed the movie. It was great. The next morning, I get a text message from Leon. So he said, but hey, it don't change the way I feel about Joker. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, well, I'm just saying, like, it don't make me just like Joker more. And I was like, well, real talk, dude, I don't think you should like this serial killer rapist even more. Yeah. Like, I I, I'm not knocking you for you. I was like, I don't think this movie was, was trying to do that to you. He's like, well, you need to talk to our cousin. And we'll leave it at that. Mm. So I was like, oh. Okay, let me call our cousin. Let me see what he's talking about. So we're we're talking on the phone. We're talking about the Joker, and we're just talking about just basic comic stuff, like so we kind of what we talked about today on the show. Yeah. And then like he started using the word like like we and us, and I was like, I think one sentence he was like, Yeah, man, I think this movie did a great job at conveying just how you know like people can't pick on people like us. And I was like, What do you mean? Like, yeah. is Joker next to you? Like, yeah. what You're are you trying to identify about? with some fake shit? So he was like, he was like, well, no, just, you know, people like me who struggle with mental illness. I'm like, okay, I, I feel you on that. He's like, yeah, man, because you just never know, man. Like, we're just pushing a corner, and we just start losing it and everything. I was like, oh, dude, you are saying we yeah, way not, too much. Not co-signing on this. <laughs> yeah, and granted, like I said, I love villains, period. Mm. Elijah knows, and the viewers yeah. of our show knows that I'm, I'm more going to ride with the villains on everything. Oh, yeah. Um, Moro. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Shit. But yeah. anyway, but for him to make this weird comparison and yeah. relationship with the Joker, I can see why places yeah. may have been fearful for exposing Todd, this to everybody. Todd everybody. Phillips did such a good job of conveying reality in something that's not based in reality at all like any version of this is 
came from somebody's mind. They just put on paper. It's ink. There's color to it. There's volumes. But this is not an actual story. It's like, all right, in uh, 1986, um, the guy that we now call the Joker was first born. It's like, no. But I, I feel Germany. like I feel like people because I found myself and I was talking to to uh, old Joshi. Mm-hmm. And he, I was like, "Have you seen it?" He's like, "Oh man!" I was like, "Dude, I'm not gonna lie. Seventy fucking percent of the time at this film, I was on the edge of my seat smiling because I was like, this is an accurate representation of everything in Batman.' But the way this film is shot." The, the 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 music the music the, the feel tone, the ambiance the lighting yeah. I can tell that this has quality and then it goes back to the Scorsese like it's not cinema this is fucking cinema at its finest it used to be different storytelling back in the day but as we have grown as uh, technology has evolved as we go further into the later years of two thousand this is what cinema is just like. I watched the the clip of uh, Avengers Endgame when they're fighting. I was like, "This is beautiful." The yeah. way that they shot that, the way that they're bringing this in, and and like Ant Man running, like coming out of the rubble and running across and punching the big fucking dude. I was like, "This is what cinema is now." It doesn't take away from any other film, but it it takes a special person to capture the feel of something that was on paper that we had to create and recreate in our minds and say, "Oh, this is what's happening in between the panels." These are the conversations they're having before they're going out. I think he did a, a fabulous job. And I think, let me just hit this, Chris, and I, I want you to give us your closing uh, a statement on everything. Um, at the end of this movie, I ain't going to lie, he did such a great job. It took him, it took uh, Joaquin shooting, like turning around and shooting, like mm-hmm. not the first shot, but the like, second, third, or fourth shot to make me realize, oh, shit, I forgot, this is the Joker. Because right. throughout the whole movie, I'm just like, I knew it was a Joker in my head. Body count, almost 10. It was eight. <laughs> yeah, after the first three, and that, that's another thing that I was even iffy on. Like, I wonder if that subway scene really happened that way. Yeah. Did they really mm. attack him like that? I mean, so these are some. they came from, that was a whole deal that Wayne Enterprise, like, oh, well, you're it, my dad. You don't want to be my dad. It, it conveyed his father figures, Maury and Thomas Wayne. Thomas, the confrontation in the bathroom. Maury, the confrontation to making fun of him to further crumble his world to that point of killing joke, which they didn't really, really show. But it's like, it only takes one bad day to Chris, change. what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, man, I, I'm with you on, I love villains. And th- this portrayal of a villain is my favorite kind, where you can, in some weird way, you can identify with the villain yourself. And because uh, for me personally, I always reject portrayals of villains that are just pure black and white, like a hundred percent bad because that doesn't resonate with me as far as real life. I mean, nobody in real life is a hundred percent good or bad. You know, you, ha- I, I think when you recognize the, how complicated a villain is a villain that has, you know, good qualities within them, it's, it's such a more human portrayal. So I think mm-hmm. that's why this movie was so powerful to me. I really appreciated that. Yeah. It's like Darth Vader. I mean, there's some good in Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always kind of break Boy, it down. Mama. Yeah, I always kind of break it down, Chris, is in two, two nice type. categories. You got the villains that need a hug, um, <laughs> meaning that, like, if they were to grab that hug, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't have see, went see, the other route. Yeah. Didn't I create you? Or, I love you. Or proper medication. Proper yeah. medication. Mm-hmm. And then you got the other ones who, the way, the, the way they see life is just... No, Man, this is this is not how this is going to roll. Everybody got to go. Yeah, <laughs> like Palpatine, for example. Palpatine oh. is one of those ones that he just knew. Well, I know what y'all think y'all doing is right, but my way is actually correct. Yeah. 
Um, and there's a list of villains oh, that yeah. we can go down. Palpatine came in and said, "Fuck all that, y'all. You gotta die. You gotta die like Oprah. Yeah. Like Darth you Vader. Gotta die. You he gotta needed. Die. He he truly just needed a hug. Yeah, and he would have been. He would have been legit. Because if and he's, you, he's my boy, but if he would have been legit. If they told that story after and about the suit and sixty six, you'd be like, man, this dude is kind of, he's on the edge struggling because. You should you should have just went through with that, but for some reason you you kind of hesitate a little bit, and then he was like, you know what, these pants are getting kind of tight, these <laughs> shoes are hurting my feet, I'm done, I'm done, <laughs> fucking everybody up in this universe. And Joker's one of those villains that I felt like he couldn't get a hug, no. just because of the fact that the way that he sees everything mm-hmm. is different. And he was trying, in the way that this movie portrayed it, he was trying his hardest just to be normal. This is the best. When he ain't normal. This is my best explanation of the Joker. So the Joker has had many chances to find out who Batman was, and he said, fuck it. He said, I don't, I don't care. I can find out who you are. I don't give a shit. And he does, if you, if you do a death of the family, he, he gets the whole Bat family and Alfred and everything, but he really doesn't give a shit about that. If he finds out by actually, like, oh, shit, I got this information, and I know how my mind works, I'm going to forget, but I'm going to cause some chaos with it right now. I thought so, he, that's why he called him Batsy. So he knows oh. he's Brucey. Yeah, but he don't, he don't care about he don't, it. No, he don't, he don't care. Because right, that's like Lex Luthor. I need to find out who Superman is. Like, why? You can't he fucking stop him. He was obsessed, and he just he was on some... He wanted to feel Superman. Mm. He wanted to know Superman. I am a, I'm a red-blooded American. I can save Metropolis. Yeah. Like, dude, you ain't got superpowers, though. But I have money. Like, well, Batman's got that taken care of. But here, let's hit on the Manga Anime of the Month real oh, quick. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. let's wrap up the show, because we are way overdue right yeah, now. Um, let me just start off with the Anime of the anime. Month, which is the Vinlar Saga. Or the Vinland Saga. Ooh, Sorry. so you dropped on that. Yeah. Thor. That shit is... Thor. Yeah, all the yeah, Thors. Go ahead and give them the... the Around the end of the millennium, mm. uh, Vikings, the mildest, the mightiest, but uh, atrocious tribe, has been outbreaking everywhere. Therafrand, the son of the greatest warrior, lived as a child in the battlefield. And now he's seeking to... Man, I don't know. He's seeking Revere. revenge. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I remember reading that shit. Yeah. He's, he's Thor. seeking revenge, yes. Thor and them double You didn't think plays. I was on that, did you? No, I didn't. Three, uh, huh. I thought, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't know where you was right now. Yeah, yeah. Bam, so that's Anime of the Month, uh, Vinland Saga, which is good. Manga of the Month is Fairy Tale. Uh, I've read this entire series. It's uh, amazing. The world of Earthland is home to numerous guilds where wizards apply their magic for paid job requests. So it's almost like a video game. You go to the quest board, you take a quest, you get money, and your guild uh, increases yeah, by the notoriety. And so we, yeah. we follow Natsu, who was raised by a dragon, and you find out that there are these um, children that were raised by legendary dragons, and... The yeah, story, yeah, the story evolves from there, like guild versus guild, different magic. You have crimes. You have each character in the guild that has a different magic ability. But the main theme of this story is friendship and, and camaraderie, like any shonen. Yeah. Uh, good. I don't even know how many chapters it is. Too many. Uh, because the fairy tale a- uh, anime is like, what, four or 500 now? I think so. But it's... but. The way that they do it, they have like a pre fairy tale manga, and then they have fairy tales. Like, why is all this happening anyway? Hmm. Oh, you didn't meet Zeref, did you? He's been alive forever. So, but we want to thank you guys again for joining us on this no, we gotta episode. Thank Chris one. First. Well, just wait. I, I, I got to okay. thank you okay. for him. Okay. I got to thank you for yeah, him. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us on level or episode one one ninety six. Is it one ninety six? He thought it was AOS one ninety five. One ninety five. 
five yeah. episodes away from 200. Uh, next week, we'll be hitting on anime. Right? Is it anime? Yeah, it's anime next week. Okay, good. Anime next week. But we want to give a huge shout-out. Thank you, Chris Carroll, for joining us today. Remember, you can find... Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem, man. You can find the Brain Box Podcast, a podcast for your noggin, on Oklahoma or okhumanities.org forward slash Brain Box, or just by Googling Brain Box Podcast. And... um, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And on all the major platforms, just like this show, The Elijah Bailey Show, you can find this Apple podcast. You can find it on Podbeam or just add us to your playlist on Spotify. But hit us up on Facebook at the official Facebook page, Elijah Bailey Show, or Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Elijah Bailey Show. Just at the end of it, cut off the W, so it's just S-H-O. Send your emails to Elijah it's Bailey Show. It's dark outside. It is dark. It's way dark. <laughs> Today's uh, daylight saving time. It is, it is. I, I enjoy that sleep. Me too. That I got. Uh, send your emails to Elijah Bailey Show at gmail.com. Or just simply subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Where can they find you in Black Studios? BlackStudios.com. Black Studios on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can email us at podcast at blackstudios.com. Uh, again, thank you, Chris, for coming and talking comics. More specifically, thank Joker. You. Oh, man, we got to have you back on. We got to get the Game of Thrones because you love a good villain like Daenerys. Uh, she... <laughs> I'm Who do you feel like was a, the villain? villain portrayal right now with my eight-year-old daughter? We're gonna watch Descendants for like ten times, so you guys need to check that out. Is that that? Oh, is okay. that that Disney thing you was telling me about? Yeah, man, Disney villains. It's awesome. Huh. Okay, yeah, it's, like, it it's like all the villain kids mm. are yeah, like cast around an island. <laughs> That's, they kind of did that with anime, but they did it in school. They were all in school. Huh? Yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll check it out. Nice, uh, but. I'm Elijah 5000. I'm Dan Scrub Buckety. Again, this has been the 195th episode. Thank you, guys. We will catch your ass in the next podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Elijah 5000 here. Me and the Buckety appreciate it so much that you download this show each and every week. Again, we drop every Thursday. If you're new to the Elijah Bailey Show, go to Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify, or wherever you listen to this auditorial pleasure that you get weekly, and just subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you, and I'll catch your ass in the next podcast. Do you want to work in the meat district or mash butt?